today I'm really interested in talking about avoidance because I've had the um, experience of spending the last couple of days with my youngest sister. I'm the oldest of four and the youngest of four is visiting. So I've been thinking a lot about the different ways we see the world and what it is that having three sisters has added to my life. And so I'd like to start the topic by asking a question of both of you. Um, Andrew, you said that Freud and Adler had disagreements about <laughs> the importance of sibling. And I know there's a lot of information and, and research in the popular press about they are the most important relationships in one's life. But I would like to start by asking, what is it about siblings that interests you when you think about their role in your life, the, um, the importance of siblings, the challenge of siblings? Well, both of you both have two younger brothers. And I have three younger sisters. You want to trade? <laughs> <laughs> I could trade with you for just, you know, a never, day or two. I would never <laughs> trade my sisters. <laughs> they are a treasure. You, maybe Priscilla, you could have four brothers, you know, <laughs> for three sisters. <laughs> three sisters. This would be a very different conversation. <laughs> so that is, that is true. My sisters are a treasure. They've yeah. been additive all my life. They've been mm -hmm. a resource. They have been a support. And they have been, um, through difficult times, non-judgmental, but present. Mm -hmm. They have been um, an, a value added from, from day one. And I can say that when I think back on all the years, I would say that they have been a support and a um, partner in life for me. So my, my question to both of you is, I'll start with you, Priscilla. Um, what is the challenge and opportunity of siblings? Or maybe that's not the question. Well, I think I, what comes to mind immediately is how different the relationships have been over our lifetime. So I think uh, both of my brothers are a bit younger. My next brother is four years younger, and my other brother is 12 years younger than I am. So there's a lot of age difference. And in some ways, we, <clears throat> for many years, were not peers until we got older. And I think a real transition point for me with my brothers was the point at which, I can't remember, I think it was a conversation we had together about the challenge I was for them <laughs> as a big sister. Now, I think I was kind of a, a you know, I just ran the show. They were a bit younger, you know, so when they were younger, younger, I did run the show. But when we became kind of more peers or same age, I, I would say in our, maybe when I was in my 30s and my brother, youngest brother was in his mid-20s, there was a shift in um, that conversation about what a, what a challenge I was for them it was so stunning was such a stunning experience to see that, that all my assumption about who I was and who they were to me 
that I could be a problem for them. <laughs> now, I, you, to me, that was one of the most useful conversations we've ever had. And I think since that point, I really, you know, my brothers, each of my brothers and myself were very different people. And what we have contributed to the world, what we're interested in is very different. And there's this kind of common experience, partly the dead mother, <laughs> mm -hmm. which put us, I think, in kind of a, a, a more, maybe a little bit tighter association. But I think they've, I really appreciate them as people in a way that's a very unique, uh, they are important to me in a way no other relationships are. And they're just, you know, from ground up, whenever they're there, uh, they're available. Now, I have to tell you, I'm always walking a fence here. If I go over a being a little bit bossy or a little <laughs> bit pushy and, you know, exerting any kind of pressure on them, I hear about it. And they are, they'll just distance or I won't. There's something that still is in the dynamic after all these years that I, I uh, they are regulating me well. <laughs> you know, they are doing a good job of kind of uh, keeping me in my lane, if you will. And being, I, you know, I've always, I've often thought about the oldest sister thing of, I, I always am glad when somebody can't tell when I'm the oldest. <laughs> so, you know, we'll have a conversation and somebody will say, well, what are you, what position are you? I said, what do you think? <laughs> They'll say, hmm, maybe a middle. <laughs> you may have your older brother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> made it all not way obvious. <laughs> How does it help you with your marriage? I'm thinking, I was thinking for both of you when I'm listening to you. But it's all very, Adler would love this. It's all about how the niche forms your personality and the way that people are with one another. And of course, Freud thought that behind the screen, there was all this other stuff going on, like instinct. And he wanted to drag that forward. And Adler was just pretty well thinking that siblings were the most important factor in who you become. So I'm you know, can you answer that for yourself? I'm, You've got two younger yeah, brothers. Yeah, I've got two younger brothers, and I was just thinking. <laughs> my my experience was I was more or less uh, in the position of an older sister with a brother two years younger who was the negative focus in the family. And because he was the negative focus, I became the, um, what do you want to call those people that run around with a whip? <laughs> the oldest sister with the with the whip, with the whip. <laughs> has to get the younger ones, and I I didn't know the top of the whip from the bottom of the whip. <laughs> I ended up feeling sorry for my brother and trying to protect him from my grandparents in this case who raised us, and um, and so I I got both sides of the overprotection and. I think I'm still more overprotective than I am with the whip, but you know, the feeling of responsibility for males is very strong in my personality, I would say. And uh, what's been the what's it, been the opportunity of having two brothers 
who didn't have a mother. Right, two and brothers who didn't. What's yes. been the opportunity that kind of helped sh shape your thinking and your life? Well, I think it's just much easier to see the system when when you have missing parts of the system. It's not all operating correctly, you know, and you're different from other families, so you you see how the system is more clearly, I think. And, uh, and I think the opportunity to self-correct didn't happen until my grandmother died. So that, you know, you can, you can watch the thing and try to interfere with it, but as long as the older people are there assuming some kind of responsibility, um, you don't have to, or you're maybe even not aware of the opportunity to really change your functional position. Or I don't think I was until after my grandmother died. And then I could change the way I functioned with my brothers. And, <laughs> you know, when my, when the youngest brother drew, he would say that uh, I saved his life. And the older brother would say I was mean. <laughs> and I'm thinking that, <clears throat> this has a, an impact on the way that I manage myself in my marriage. The way that I am with my brothers transfers right over to the way that I dealt with my husband. So I'll say that. So that's why it, it just comes in life that um, you develop these styles. So the protecting other style and the trying to straighten people out style. And then eventually you get an opportunity to alter that to some degree. It's not, it's not perfect, but it's better when you realize that you're acting out something the system itself needs for you to do. That's not what you really want to do. So both of you have more positive experiences with your siblings well, than I, I did, I think. I want to ask the question of, you, you hear about siblings as they get older getting more agitated with each other. They get more, they get more, um, they have differences of opinion. They can't, they can't um, have the same kind of closeness or um, uh, authentic, genuine exchange as they had when they were younger. What goes into that? And any ideas of how you deal with that? Because um, I do, I mean, I can only tell you what a resource my sisters are. I can't imagine being at crossways with them and how destabilizing that would be for me. That, I mean, we have differences of opinion and we can share them, but, um, I, you know, you hear about families yeah. where the siblings don't get along as they get older. What goes into that? And how do you figure that out? I guess I wonder whether <clears throat> it, that's kind of a limited way of seeing it and that doesn't have more to do with the changes in the broader family. I mean, I, th I was thinking of the, you know, with an early death of a mother, there was a certain uh, stable position with my brothers. My father remarries. There's a stable position with my brothers and me in some ways in relationship to each other. What will happen when my dad dies with the three of us? I think it would require some kind of change in the system that would change the relationships that exist between the three of us. We have a stable uh, 
I kind of take the lead in relationship to the elderly parents and my brothers are very willing. They step up, they're very willing. And they kind of look to me to be the one that's kind of front and center on it. And I'm fine, they're fine. As far as I know, mm-hmm. that works. It's a cooperation. I'm not sure that I would see that uh, changing with time unless the death of a parent might destabilize that. that that's just to, to see. I don't know. But I, I would see it as more of a bigger stable, uh, bigger system factor would be my guess. So that any kind of disruption or tension or conflict between siblings has much more to do with what's going on in the larger system and the adjustment to some kind of change that's happening. That's the way you might... I would look there first. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I thought about it, like, you're, I'm programmed to be an oldest and look after my two younger brothers because there was so much chaos in my family when I was young with both of my parents failing to um, be able to function and my grandparents having to step in, then that intensifies the role of the oldest sister of brothers or anybody who's the oldest of anybody. And um, I think maybe for you, you know, it, it was a little bit easier and for Priscilla because your parents remarry and have this stable situation and uh, and so I had grandparents and those so that was harder and after they died and the chaos ensued then I could form my own way of functioning with my brothers so that I think changes in the system can allow both incredible difficulties and challenges and can also open it up so that you can function in a different way but you can't you can't do that when the system, when it's just, the system is set up for a lot of challenge. And I, I don't know, you know, what sisters do. I've always thought it'd be great to have sisters, but they probably would represent, if I had had two younger sisters or three or four, I think I'd have the same problem because of the different challenges in the system itself. And how do you, how do you come to deal with that? So I don't know, but both, it, it sounds like that's listening to both of you. I don't know what it is like trying to negotiate with a sister who you didn't never had any acting out sister who got drunk and ran around in the, <laughs> no. So they all behave pretty well. And there's, there's not a lot of real intense challenge in that. Whereas my brothers both ran around and did, Manicky things. I remember my one brother wanted to run for Congress and get um, Linda Ronstadt to come and sing and things like that. So you're dealing with acting out people that you're sort of more or less in charge of it and it becomes more difficult than having a support system. But it requires change in self to deal with it. And you can't just go along with what the system wanted you to be or needed you to be, which is overprotective and or bossy, too bossy. Yeah. You know, just uh, our neighbors, our new neighbors had just moved in and they had a little two-year-old and uh, the mother just had a baby. So they're two girls. 
So the older one may not even be two. She may be about like under two, 20 months maybe. And that baby comes and I gave them both the children a little gift and we were across the fence and I was giving it to them. And the little girl, the 18 month old, 20 month old, uh, opened the gift for her. And then she opened the gift for the baby and wanted that baby gift. <laughs> so I was just, I was just in watching. I just find it intriguing, you know, what the oldest child looks like in a family, you know, what they're, what they're built into in a family, you know, they're, they're, what they're tuned up to do in, with their parents. You know, they have some kind of an interesting first role of kind of disrupting the parental togetherness. And then watching as a child comes along, how disruptive that is, another child. But that's a sibling relationship that is set in the relationship with the parents in such an obvious way. And, and I think about that for myself. And what happened when my brother was born? So he, I was four and a half, just going into kindergarten. So I was just ready to leave home. And here comes a child. And, you know, I, I hear stories of the, that the first day of kindergarten, I cried the entire day. <laughs> now that's a clue. That's a clue to what was going on in the family and my experience of the disruption or the, the change, I guess mm -hmm. I would say, in the relationships and who was I in that family and who was my brother who stayed home, was with mom <laughs> and, had, and eventually and basically had a, <clears throat> over the lifetime, kind of a preferential relationship with my mother who liked boys. So, you know, and I, and I just think about who, who am I in relationship to boys? I have kind of a preferential. They're kind of, I get them. They, they make sense to me. And I, and I like them. Yeah. And, it's, and my husband had an older sister, and it's, I like him. I like his way, and he kind of defers to me in just the right way. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking about how this works from just watching these sibling sets and what it means about the rest of your life with that little girl next door with her sister. <laughs> I'm just interested. In it's, it. it's, for me, what you're talking about is kind of that birth order and then how that carries on into the marriage. Uh, I'm much. I'm interested in why, how it is that siblings get so so at odds with one another and can't get beyond it. Certainly, the explanation of being replaced, like you described, with this little girl, plants the seeds for that. But as you get older, that where is it that moves? What is it that sparks this kind of competition in later life that doesn't allow a more cooperative sibling group? Are you getting into Freud now? No, I'm not, <laughs> but, I, but I do. I mean, I understand that it takes place in the system and that that tension comes out as a reflection of the system. But, um, and, I, and I think about that I cannot remember having a disagreement with my sisters. 
and that's a that's a long time to not have a disagreement. <laughs> your sisters, would they? Would your youngest sister say that she didn't have a disagreement with you, or did she think that you were sometimes a little well questionable? Well, I think yes, I think she would think I was questionable, but it didn't make a big difference. It didn't make a difference to the point of not talking or fighting, and there was no. Um, there was no point in which it was an issue worth taking up. Now, is that a family that's too peaceful? Maybe, but um, it's like nothing, nothing comes to the point of a major disagreement. It, may, it might move to that point and then it backs on down. It's like cooperation and getting along trumps all disagreement. I wonder what the cost is to that. Is there a cost to that? Well, I, and I was thinking how much that has to do with the parents. So how much that would be with their marriage. See, I think the thing, what I've thought about is that when you, when you read literature about uh, sibling position, including Tolman, it's a, bear, it's a way of looking at individuals without the context in which they're born and in the context of the system that they're developed in. So it's kind of, you know, all things being equal, but they're not. And these are the factors that go into why they're not. And I think that that, when you, when you talk about oldest siblings, for example, I think what you are talking about is the first big change in the parental diet. You're talking about that is a consistent phenomena, that first child as, as affecting the relationship is a byproduct, the most obvious byproduct of the relationship with the parents. And in some ways, what does that say about oldest? That, that says something, I think, about their position in the group. Like, for example, I have a friend who is the youngest, and she says she just assumes she doesn't matter. I assume I always matter. <laughs> in fact, I probably take too much responsibility for seeing the part I play in something. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's a... Per you know, your perceptions, kind of what we were talking about mm -hmm. yesterday, are per your perceptions are really built in the position that you get into this world with. And that position of being, you know, the first with a set of parents, their first experience, you are preferential in a way. It, that can, of course, vary. And there's there are things that are not necessarily always good about that. But but I think that, that how the oldest then goes about their business in their world, there's a way in which I think there's just an assumption that they have value and they're important and they better do something about it. You know, there's, that is a part of a person that may not be there with somebody that wasn't in that position with the parents initially. There's so much in the literature about the oldest inheriting everything, the oldest, uh, you know, has an edge up. The latest work I've read on sibling says, you know, the oldest has a higher IQ, for instance, and they just don't get as many conversations with the, uh, you go down the sibling order, there's lower and lower levels of intelligence unless people have money. Uh, but I think these are the things that are reasonably easy to look at and prove as far as siblings. But once you get into the complexity of 
the system itself, there's so many variables. It's hard for people to get a handle mm -hmm. on it as though it were, well, yeah, you're an yes. oldest and that's the way it is. And you're a youngest and you have sisters and that's the way it is. And you have brothers and that's the way it is. But what you're bringing up is there's so many variables. And until you really understand mm -hmm. the other people and their experience in perceiving the environment, you know, you, you can, so your mother seems fine to me or your sisters seem great or I really like your brothers. But yeah, those people didn't grow up in that niche and have to deal with it one way or the other. So I think it's the perception formed in that basic environment. If an oldest feels threatened that uh, let's say they have a father who is a youngest and they're a male and they want to be more outgoing. And that's the mother looks at the son and says, you know, like you're taking over your father's role. Don't do that. Yeah. And then that can set up that sibling to be unsure of themselves and maybe more aggravated toward people who are critical of them. And so then that would carry over into their business, you know, into their right. job. Right. Sure. And so I think that's hard to prove the influence of sibling position on your perception of the world. Um, so my perception would be, I'm not quite sure if I trust people in authority, they might disappoint me. So I better go out and make sure everything is factual so that I can be sure I can't trust other people that much. So that would be one of the things that happens to an oldest whose parents die before they're, or leave before they're 10, is that they're more concerned about the way the world is. And has to, they have to be more of a uh, seeker of truth and they are easily persuaded to start a rebellion. <laughs> like throw over mental health, like I do. Let's throw over mental health. They don't understand systems, so. <laughs> But I let me. I want to interrupt you because I want to ask this question: If you could change the way you function in your sibling group, what would you be moving toward to change? So my my focus has been to try to have a better sense of humor. But the main the downside for me was seriously trying to help people, rescue them, and get them to do the right thing. Now I'm just trying to be. Uh, funnier about the way the world is, more accepting of it, more um, not uptight about it. Just, and, and you're doing this with your brothers. And I'm doing this with my brothers, and they're, they are actually much funnier than I am. So I <laughs> say that I learned to be funny from my brothers, you know, from hanging out with them and trying to deal with them. And that that's probably been the greatest gift is that I've learned to be more like them. <laughs> instead of so serious what would if you could alter your functioning in that sibling group I, I think I'm I, I'm really hesitant to say because I think it, I like what it is I think it's a pretty good particularly with my next brother I think my youngest brother I, I'm, I kind of hold myself, I don't want to run him over. 
I, I kind of am always kind of holding myself and holding yourself, holding back. myself back and trying to not get in his business. You know, there's not holding back and that it's, it's not something I have to do really, but I notice that I'm not necessarily just genuinely naturally who I am. There's still a little bit, and I'm more hesitant with him. I think partly because he's, he has a capability that I think has been, is a byproduct of, and a self-sufficiency that is a byproduct of having been, you know, 18 months when my mother was sick, eight years old when my mother died. He has a capability that is really noticeable, self-sufficiency. And that can, there's two sides to that. He can also have, I think, uh, it's harder to, to get at the little boy you know, that has to do it himself kind of thing. And I, and, and how to be really respectful, which I am because he is really good at what he does and he's very thoughtful. And, but when he and I disagree, he's tough for me. Partly because he, he has a robustness in his way of being in the world that's tough for me. I'm, I have a quieter way of being. He has a little bit more, uh, energetic way of being and he's, he's harder for me to be who I am and just be in that I'm more sensitive to that you know what, what would I like to be able to do I'd like to be able to whatever that is in me that's sensitive to him I'd like to be able to be less to be lighter about it and joke yeah. and tease with him and you know I'd like to be able to do that I don't know what stops me from doing it I think it's my protectiveness of him as my little brother. He's 12 years younger. I took care of him. My mother said, take care of the boys. You know, all these things that are a part of what he has to deal with with me. Curses. Curses. I know. It's <laughs> awful. Oh, no, 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 no. But at least you know what it is. Yeah. That's... But, he's, that, but it is a, a good question because it's what is it that, that you would like to be able to be with somebody that's really important to you? How about you, Kathy? Well, I was, I mean, I certainly have been thinking about it. I, I, maybe it would be to find where we differ and to not put that in the corner, but address where we might differ. I, I mean, I even, this is how profound the togetherness is among the four of us. And the experience of bonding after both parents died so is that I can't even think of where we differ. And you know that among the four of us, we differ on something. I can't even think of a topic. That shows you that I'm so concerned about maintaining this kind of balanced relationship that it would be to find those things where we disagree and to try and talk about them. And, and that might even include in-laws in this because they are a part of the group. But to be more different, to be at least try and be more articulatedly different. But I write, I'd have to work on it. But I think that would be the best opportunity for me to grow in this sibling group. Um, you know, I watch my kids in their sibling group struggle with the differences and the differences that in-laws bring. And, 
you know, they have less tolerance for the difference. And that's probably a, a reflection of the fact that I didn't go after the differences in my own sibling group. Everything was, I think we, I was so concerned about keeping everything balanced after the death. You just didn't want to risk any differences. Mm -hmm. Not that there have been any. I mean, I honestly yeah. can't think of a difference. <laughs> you know, my parents die in the estate. And all, it just, it just worked. Well, they, everything worked out. They don't approve of your first husband. Oh, no. I think, <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, they never, in all the years that they witnessed me struggling through that, and it was many years, it was a lot of years. I was married for 38 years. I would say that they never, ever said one, one bad word or about him or what I should do. Now, that is extraordinary. Is it positive or Bird. Well, what, you know, now I think it's, I've always thought it was positive. You know, if they had said something earlier, would my attention have gone to them instead of considering the value of what they said? I don't know. But can you imagine they were watching and seeing me struggling and they never said, why don't you do this? Or you should do this. Or what they just listened. Or <laughs> what are you doing? And maybe that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about Bowen called it the undifferentiated family ego mass, mm -hmm. the oneness. And um, I think, you know, it's there is a oneness in all of our families, a, a preference for being at peace with the others, you know, and not upsetting people. And that's why I was saying that, you know, when people start to die, it's there's nothing you can do about it. In my family, it was like a domino effect. So many people, my grandmother, my mother, my father. And so that you have to change. You can't, you can't preserve the oneness as much, but you get instead the conflict. And so it's just as hard to change and be more of a self in a smooth togetherness as it is in a conflictual thing. <laughs> that where everybody's upset about, you know, everybody else doing stuff. But it is more acceptable, I guess, in a conflictual situation to talk about it. Um, but, I mean, nobody might listen. They might all blame you and think you're stupid. Um, so there's, there's the anxiety in trying to put the cards on the table, trying to be more clear about what's going on. And if, if everybody agrees with you or nobody wants to upset you, then it's, it's harder. Where do you get the energy to be different? What, what makes you strive to be more differentiated, more separate from the oneness? That's a question for you. Well, <laughs> and for to be honest, I'm not sure that I want to be <laughs> separated from that. What that oneness is like a... Um, you know, it's like money in the bank. It's like it's it's it's, it's supportive, and it uh, it feels um, substantive and good, and that's why um, I think a little conflict or disagreement might be a valuable thing for me to experience physiologically in this group. But it, it's uh, it's quite amazing to me all the years that that has not been that isn't surfaced. So then would you have a tendency to pick a mate that you're going to have more conflict with? 
to make it not so much like your sister's or? I don't know. I don't know how it influences your mate choice. But you didn't pick a smooth mate. <laughs> no, I didn't. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I would certainly have said that my parents' marriage was a more peaceful, was a peace, agree kind of marriage. And it ended up in my mother dying at a young age. And my father, now, when you think about what age he died, it was young as well. So um, we have carried that on with the sibling. But I, I, I do think that if, when we have differed or had different opinions on something, it doesn't become that they're stupid or wrong. It doesn't become a personal judgment on them. It becomes just the way they think about something. And so it doesn't describe the whole person. And I think, you know, if they have, if they have an unusual idea or something, I don't think of my sisters as crazy. I think that's just their idea. And yeah, it, it stays at that level. It doesn't become what is an ad hominem. It doesn't describe them. And I think, I think that, I, I don't know how that happens, but I think that is a positive part of this sibling interchange. So last words on sibling. What, do we, what would you like? What's, what's important about thinking about your sibling relationships? kind of as a way to tie this together. I mean, I, I've tried to stay on the theme of the emergence from the way the system was programming you. That's, and um, you know, mine was more dramatic, but the way the system programs you, how do you, how do you emerge from that with a more separate self? Mm -hmm. And so you have to know your siblings. They're probably besides your parents and, and they're, mm -hmm highly correlated with your health, having a good relationship with siblings. I read that. That's un yeah. Isn't that yeah. unusual. So, you know, how do you become a self without endangering the relationship with your siblings? Seems to be a thing. I think what I would uh, kind of summarize is, you know, I was thinking more of families that I've worked with or families businesses where let's say family siblings have to cooperate in some ways and I and I think it's so it's so challenging for siblings that are trying to cooperate with each other to not personalize their relationships with each other and not see it as a function of their relationships with their parents that's what I was thinking would be most important that siblings to think about sibling position and how siblings are related to each other is in the context of the parents, the relationship with the parents. I guess that's that's the way I would kind of bottom line. Parents are it. And and if that and if you can get clear about how where where that birth happened in the history of the family and how what it meant at the time of the for the family, I think you've got a way to talk about solving the difference among family, among siblings, that it is in this larger context, but it's awful hard to get it back up there. Yeah. So 
we, I dedicate this <laughs> to our <laughs> siblings. To our siblings. All of our siblings. Oh. You think they're going to listen? Yeah, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> They've probably heard it before. 